When Jesus saw the crowds, he went up the mountain. And after he sat down, his disciples came to him, and he began to speak and taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will receive mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for the sake of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And blessed are you when people revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven, for in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. This is the gospel of the Lord. We've all heard that experience is the best teacher. Some of you probably have stories to tell to confirm that. You know, maybe like the time that you thought church started at 11. And you're leading a group, uh, a, a listening session with the adults and it's 1045 and they're saying, hey, you got to go. And I'm saying, it starts at 11, it's fine. Uh, experience is the best teacher in that instance. But maybe others of you, maybe you don't agree with the age-old adage. For example, experience as the best teacher doesn't seem to hold up all that well to some, if not all, of these beatitudes. Blessed are the poor in spirit, the mourning, the meek, the merciful. These aren't exactly characteristics or situations that our culture celebrates. After all, there's no scholarships for those who are merciful, for those who show mercy, or are gentle, or are content. There's no greeting cards that say, hooray, you're in mourning. And if you have ever felt or have been poor in spirit, felt like you were in despair and totally hopeless toward your inner life, your thoughts, your feelings, your confidence, and you beg God to help you because you are completely unable to help yourself, if you have felt that way, did it feel like a blessing? I think of my neighbors at the church that I served in, in Glendale, Arizona. By neighbors, I don't mean the families and the houses surrounding the church. By neighbors, I mean those who slept on our campus, who slept out under the bushes out front or in our breezeway. Most, if not all, struggled with addiction, with undiagnosed or unmanaged mental, health, mental illness. 
Many lived on the streets for years, some more than a decade. As I got to know them, I listened. I heard their feelings. Despondent. Helpless. Begging God to help break their addiction, for the system to work, to feel loved. They were poor. They were spiritually poor. But I'm not sure that I or that they would call themselves blessed. You know, maybe Jesus has this one wrong. Maybe these things, these beatitudes, maybe they aren't right and true. If that's the case, Jesus can just chalk this one up to inexperience. He just doesn't know any better. He doesn't know the way the world works. He hasn't experienced how the merciful get screwed over. How the ones who fight for justice don't see the fruition of their efforts. Or how the peacemakers pale in comparison to the violence of this world. I mean, after all, Jesus is still young. I mean, what is he, 29? 30? I mean, who listens to a 29-year-old or 30-year-old on their first sermon? And coming from a 29-year-old about to have a child, I feel very confident that there is certainly a lot more that I don't know and haven't experienced compared to what little I do know and have experienced. If experience is the best teacher, then maybe Jesus just needs a little more. But that's not the case. Jesus is speaking from experience. It's just not included in the passage of the text we read today. Just before Jesus climbed that mountain, he had been off in Galilee and Jerusalem and all of these other cities where he'd been curing every disease and sickness among the people. That's what our text says. As he traveled, people brought folks who were sick, folks who were lame, people with all sorts of diseases and demons, pains and paralysis. They brought them all. And that's who Jesus spent his time with. We have to remember that if you were one of these people in the time of Jesus, you weren't just sick. You were an outcast. You were viewed as some terrible sinner who deserved their plight. You were poor, likely unable to work. You were forced on the margins of society to live outside of the town. These people were the poor in spirit, the meek, the mourning. These were the people who hungered and thirst for justice because they have been starved from injustice. After calling his first disciples, these are the people that Jesus goes to. Not the rich, not the joyful, not the ambitious, but the opposite. 
If experience is the best teacher, no wonder Jesus preaches with such potency. And speaking of experience, no one knows or had lived these beatitudes more fully than Jesus himself. He's the poor in spirit who cries out in abandonment, Why, God? He's the one who mourns a world full of oppression and sin, the meek one who put all people before himself, the one who hungers and thirsts for justice in every land and in every time, the giver of mercy to the least deserving, the pure in heart who sees God's will and does it, the peacemaker who overcomes death not with violence but with self-sacrifice, the persecuted and reviled one who willingly went to the cross. Like my neighbors in Arizona, I and most people wouldn't call that blessed. Which is precisely the point. In the Beatitudes, Jesus isn't just describing reality, he makes reality. When Jesus speaks, the word with a capital W creates what it declares. In other words, the Beatitudes, they're promises. They are promises to all people who find themselves in these situations. They are promises that when you are poor in spirit or you are mourning or you are meek, you are and will be blessed. Not because of what you have done or didn't do, but because of what Jesus has done, is doing, and will do through the cross. In that way and in that way alone, those who are poor in spirit, those who are persecuted and reviled, they are blessed because Jesus is beside them and makes it so. My neighbors in Arizona, they are blessed because Jesus promises to be with them. Not blessed as in lucky or wealthy or successful, but blessed as in favored by God because that's where God is and is at work. I mean, hopefully there is some comfort in knowing that no matter how helpless or desperate or mournful you feel or have felt, that Jesus has felt that too. And we see that most clearly in Christ crucified. Now, I, I want to be clear that these beatitudes, they're not imperatives. They're not commands. They don't command you to become poor in spirit or meek or mournful as if that would save you. They aren't goals that you can check off of your to-do list. On the cross, Christ became all these things, each beatitude for you, giving you grace. The Beatitudes aren't demands or a checklist, but more of a warning and a promise. A warning to potential disciples back then who joined Jesus on the mountainside and to us followers today. 
picture yourself, if you can, on that mountainside, and it's as if Jesus is saying to you that because you follow me, because you will speak and act and live in ways that's different from others around you, different from the culture around you, you will find yourself poor in spirit. You will find yourself meek and mournful. You will be hungry and thirsty. It will happen. You will be merciful and people will take advantage of you. You will attempt peace and you will be a lonely voice. It will be hard. You will feel pain, maybe even despair. But I promise you are blessed because I am there with you and I will heal and strengthen you throughout the journey with my very self. So as followers of Jesus, I would encourage us to heed the warning and trust the promise. Know that it won't take very long and we won't have to go looking very hard till we find ourselves in these situations. Like mourning the brutal killing of Tyree Nichols. Like hungering and thirsting for justice for our black and brown siblings. Or acting meek by refusing to take part in violent and unjust systems. Or making peace and our own families, and our own communities. It will be hard, but we have a warning and a promise. So my prayer for you and for me is that experience is the best teacher. And may we be blessed. Amen.